Welcome to the Credit Union Roundtable, a show about everything credit unions. Now, here's your host, Walter Laskos. Welcome to Credit Union Roundtable. I'm Walt Laskos. In this edition of our program, we'll hear about a milestone achieved by credit unions in New Hampshire and what you need to know if you're struggling to make ends meet because of COVID-19 shutdowns. But first, we'll hear about a national campaign aimed at educating consumers about credit unions and their distinct style of banking. Joining me now is Susan Tolson, Vice President of Credit Union Awareness Engagement at Credit Union Awareness. Susan, welcome to Credit Union Roundtable. Hey, Walter. Thank you so much for having me. I'm looking forward to talking about my favorite topic, all things credit union. Oh, yeah, absolutely. You know, let's start off our conversation. You are with Credit Union Awareness. Tell all of us, what is Credit Union Awareness? That's a great question, and I really appreciate that. Well, we are here with our campaign, Open Your Eyes to a Credit Union, to increase consumer considerations of credit unions all across the country. We know that credit unions are our very best consumer um, partner in life for helping them achieve all their hopes and dreams, and we're looking to re-educate all the consumers that are not yet partnering with us about all the wonderful things that are available to them uh, with a credit union. You know, Susan, I've been working in credit un- unions now for, oh my God, 20 years or so, and I have to say that how many times I've heard over the course of uh, of the, those 20 years that, you know, we have such a great story to tell and it's, we're not doing a good job at telling it. What we're looking at now is uh, a campaign that's called Open Your Eyes. I would like all of us to understand and, and all of the listeners to understand what is the Open Your Eyes campaign and, and how did it come about? Oh, that's a great question. Thank you so much for that. So first and foremost, you're right. And I was at a credit union uh, myself, University of Illinois here in Illinois. And it was something that I was wondering about too. If we know we're the best partner for consumers, why aren't all consumers using us? So that goes back to this entire effort that got started about three and a half years ago, really tackling the why. Why are we stuck at a 7% market share with financial services and 7% being the market that is using credit unions. And research became the heart of everything we did. So we went and started researching consumers, specifically around those ages of 25 to 55, to really uncover what the issues are. Here's something that we learned. From an awareness standpoint, 98% of consumers have heard of a credit union. So when you think about a brand awareness from a collective standpoint, we've got excellent awareness. The challenge is when you actually ask about banks, far less consumers will recall a credit union as an option Hmm. unless we prompt them. And so, that so, becomes so, the opportunity. So, so, so basically, you know, I've heard of a credit union, but do you know what it is and what it does? Um, not really. So it's more something like not that? Really. Well, yes, and it's the 
you know, they, they know there's this joining aspect to it, right? So there's this barrier to joining. And I think those that are in credit unions understand that. You know, you kind of think, well, it sounds amazing. We've got great brand equity from a consumer perspective. They, they believe that credit unions are there on the side of the consumers, can be trusted, that generally have lower rates and better saving opportunities. But at the end of the day, they think that if you can't join, it's not for them. Uh, and that becomes a real issue, this barrier to entry. I see what you're saying. Yeah, so exactly. And because you figure with a bank, hey, I just go and do my business there. But for a credit union, I have to join it. And, and that can somehow color and be an impediment for them not to choose to do their banking at a credit union. You got it, Walter. And in essence, what's happening is they just shut down when they see all the great marketing that's coming from, you know, our 5,000 plus credit unions, right? So if a consumer doesn't think a credit union is for them, either they can't join or they think there's eligibility or the access issues to their, to their money, then they just aren't paying attention to that marketing. And so what we're here with our campaign, Open Your Eyes to a Credit Union, is really really to increase that consumer consideration of a credit union by re-educating this next generation of consumers about all the goodness and eroding those myths around credit unions, specifically around eligibility and access. Hmm. So, Susan, when you, when you look at it, because you're, you're working uh, on a national level with this awareness campaign, Open Your Eyes, obviously there are some major issues that you see that are commonplace throughout the entire country. So obviously, I think we just talked about one of them when people hear about joining uh, and becoming a member, that somehow that that mm, they don't quite understand that. And that might work against us. Maybe it works against credit unions and not being in favor of people becoming a member. Are there other aspects of, of a consumer's understanding of credit unions uh, the way it is right now that may also come into play that prevents them from choosing a credit union to do their banking? Exactly. And, and one specific one is around access to your cash, right? We want to ensure we're, we are uh, maybe not traveling as much today in current times, but we are a, a transit global nation. And so at the end of the day, consumers need to know that they can access their monies wherever they are. What they don't understand is that although credit unions, we have these unique brands and we are local, that we are also also networked with other credit unions across the country, and we offer our members and consumers a robust national network of services no matter where you are. So do you see that? I mean, there is this falsehood around access, but in essence, we have a larger ATM network across the country that there's an ATM for every member yeah. and every consumer yeah. all over the country. So it is just that. So that is what the campaign is all about doing, is really re-educating about there is a credit union for everyone, no matter where you are. And because of this amazing network and collaboration that credit unions have on behalf of consumers, you can access your money 
anywhere you are. So there it is. We really are having a campaign to re-educate on the falsehoods and the myths around credit unions to allow more consumers to take advantage of all the goodness that we know credit unions provide. I agree with everything that you're saying because consumers really misunderstand credit unions. And if we do not communicate our story, if we do not tell our story uh, as clearly yes. and as frequently as it needs to be told, we can't point the finger that people do not understand us. It's our fault. We need to take charge and get our message out there into the marketplace. I think that is so important for us to do. And if I might ask specifically, how does Open Your Eyes uh, really seek to change these perceptions? How exactly will this education be undertaken? Well, first and foremost, we are digital first. We are increasingly looking at digital platforms to resource and source our information. So digital is really our methodology and going after and knowing when consumers are in marketplace for financial services. The other thing is, from a national perspective, we are uh, offering up a consistent voice to speak about credit unions and to attract more consumer interest. You know, we know when the consumers are searching online for their banking needs, and it is in that moment, doesn't matter if it's 11 a.m. in the morning, 11 p.m. at night, or 3 a.m. in the morning, those consumers at that point of looking and researching about banking are served a targeted digital ad that promotes a credit union and ultimately are contributors that are part of it. The retargeting of these ads combined with the assets that the credit unions have to uh, provide local promotions, it what helps keep credit unions top of mind when consumers are ready to make that decision? It's this wonderful partnership between the national campaign providing that air cover, that re-education, those relevant messages that are served up when consumers are ready to make a choice. And we partner with our credit unions to ensure that they're co-branding the assets in a very smart, collaborative way to help connect those dots and ultimately bring those consumers downstream to those credit unions. And we're talking with Susan Tolson, Vice President of Credit Union Awareness Engagement uh, with the uh, the organization Credit Union Awareness. Susan, now that uh, uh, credit unions across Rhode Island are, are taking up the campaign, uh, where and how do you uh, anticipate to see the first initial uh, results of this undertaking? I love that. And first and foremost, big shout out to Rhode Island. I love working with those credit unions. That is a super collaborative, cooperative group, and I'm thrilled that they're in the campaign. So here's what I expect to see. We know that after a year and a half of being in market, the consumers are engaging with our assets and ultimately going to yourmoneyfurther.com. And that's our consumer-facing educational platform all about credit unions that also allows consumers to search, research, and find their next financial partner 
a credit union. So we know that 75% of consumers that have engaged with our digital campaign are more interested and want to look for a credit union partner. So I believe what we're going to be finding after getting it to market and getting our, um, our intelligence of the platforms working, that we're going to be engaging with those Rhode Island credit unions, helping them to open eyes and helping them learn more about credit union so that they're considering all the wonderful Rhode Island credit unions that are available to them. We're all looking forward to seeing the results of Open Your Eyes campaign in in Rhode Island. Uh, And as you mentioned, a great group of credit unions in the state. Uh, They're setting the pace uh, for all of us in New England with uh, Open Your Eyes campaign and for the results and also for educating consumers on the value that credit unions can bring to uh, financial services and to the banking services that uh, that everyone looks for today, uh, banking services that um, that really put uh, the focus on the person and the consumer and on the value for them. Susan Tolson, Vice President of Credit Union Awareness Engagement with Credit Union Awareness, thank you so much for being with us today and uh, look forward to having you again on the program sometime in the future. Walter, sincere thank you to you and your colleagues and the opportunity to partner on this and to help share all the amazing things about credit unions with your market locally. So thank you for this opportunity. Our pleasure, Susan. Take good care. Thank you. Now that we learned what the Open Your Eyes campaign is all about, we'll go to Rhode Island, where the credit unions are launching the campaign in earnest. But first, this break. This is the Credit Union Roundtable. Learn more about credit unions anytime at bettervaluesbetterbanking.com. Now, back to the show. Sooner or later, folks across Rhode Island will be hearing a message that encourages them to open their eyes to a credit union. Tim Draper, Senior Vice President of Marketing at Navigant Credit Union, joins me now to talk about that effort. Tim, welcome back to the Roundtable. Hey, Walter, it's great to be back. Thanks for having me. Hey, listen, we just heard Susan Tolson from Credit Union Awareness talk about the Open Your Eyes campaign. And, and during that portion of the program, we heard how she talked about, uh, you know, 98% of consumers have heard of a credit union. How is it, I'm wondering, that when 98% heard of a credit union, credit unions only hold roughly a 7% market share of the banking environment in the United States? What are your thoughts, Tim, as to why this is so? And do you find that that is also kind of the case in Rhode Island? Well, you know, Walter, it's it, it's interesting. Um, just because you are aware of something doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to uh, partake of it, right? You know, I'm, I may not... I may I've heard of a Mercedes-Benz, but I can't afford to buy it or I'm not going to buy it. But, you know, credit unions have a similar situation. In Rhode Island, specifically, I think we have the luxury because we're such a, uh, a compact state. that I, I do think that, that, you know, most people have heard of a credit union of some sort in Rhode Island. I mean, if you just if you look at Peoples, for example, the, the weather forecast on Channel 10 every night is brought to you by the Peoples Credit Union SkyCam Network. How mm-hmm. do you not know you know, who they are. So I think most consumers in Rhode Island have heard of credit unions, and that's great. Now, to the second part of the question is, why do we only hold 7% of the, of the, of the um, deposits? I think it's a little higher in Rhode Island, um, but I think it speaks to the other things that Susan probably talked to you about, and that is this whole idea of consideration. So, again, I, I'm, 
I've heard of a credit union, but uh, I'm not there yet. Give me a better compelling reason why uh, I might want to belong to a credit union or use the credit union for my banking services. Um, I think the national research, which is what really kind of gave birth to the whole Open Your Eyes campaign, um, showed that, that credit unions had a, a little bit of an identity crisis. People thought that um, they're really kind of for you know moderate income folks, um, maybe non-sophisticated type users. Um, uh, they don't have all the services that a, a, a big bank would have. Um, and, and I think the idea of joining a credit union may not be as, as relevant in Rhode Island because I think as you know, we're all pretty much community charters, so people know they can open an account here. But I do think those other things are important, Ca access to cash, you know, hours are limited, those types of things. Mm -hmm. But as we grow and get more sophisticated in the market, right, we, we've, we've done a really good job. All the credit unions in Rhode Island have done a really good job at creating their own identities and placing themselves into the consideration mix in Rhode Island. So I think you'll see, particularly with this campaign helping us out, and I'd like to see that that, that – deposit base that we own gets bigger and bigger over the course of time. You know, and, and you're right. I think you're, you're right on target about that when you look at the individual credit unions in Rhode Island and the job that they have been doing. And it, in some respects, it's kind of unfair to kind of compare credit unions to, let's say, some of the larger banking organizations in the country. You know, they're large. They have a common brand. Wherever their branches are, it's common across Credit unions themselves, when you look at Peoples or Navigant, uh, you know, or any of the others in the state of Rhode Island, they are unique and have their own kind of personality. And I think that's what kind of makes them distinguished in the financial services marketplace. 100%, Walter. I mean, you can have um, an institution like Greenwood, for example. Um, they have a, a real good base uh, in the Warwick market, and they've got a, a very good, I believe, indirect program, and they're led by a great group of people. They have great customer service skills, and they've done a nice job at, at creating this uh, Greenwood Credit Union brand. Same thing with um, same thing with Westerly and, and all the other credit unions, Rhode Island Credit Union. I mean, it, we've tried to do our best um, to open our, our ourselves up to the consumer. So there's no reason why you can't come to the credit union, but we did it with an individual sort of a personality. And, you know, that's the, that's kind of the benefit of a credit union, I think, versus citizens, bank of America, the big guys who really have a brand that they're protecting. So you go into the, a local citizens branch and it looks very much like another citizens branch, which looks like another one, which looks like another one. They're all the same. It's cookie cutter. Um, credit unions have a personality. I think they reflect the leadership. They reflect the person, the people that work there, um, and they certainly reflect the communities where they all exist. So um, I do think that we have that unique opportunity um, to appeal on an individual basis to consumers. Um, you know, it, it really just is a matter of how much we want to put behind the effort to make people aware that we have all of the same banking products and services that some of our, our regional and, uh, and the community players in the banking industry have. Tim Draper is our guest. He's the Senior Vice President of Marketing and Navigant Credit Union in Smithfield, Rhode Island. And you know, Tim, also along those same lines, when you look at credit unions, there's also the whole aspect of being local. 
Uh, you know, a lot, a lot of the larger financial institutions, yeah, you can't really say that they're local like a credit union is local. And I think that makes a big difference, particularly when you look at how credit unions support a lot of the organizations uh, in the state uh, through their charitable donations. You're, you're, again, right on the money there, Walter. I mean, if you look at what the, the association, the, the Credit Association of Rhode Island has done over the past few years, particularly in the interest of Special Olympics, I mean, over a million dollars to Special Olympics is big for a group of, of uh, institutions that are not as big as some of our, our uh, commercial players in the market, right? But we feel, and I think I can speak for everybody, when we say that it is important to support those local initiatives that make lives better for the people who are in those communities. So, you know, the, the Providence Postal Employers Credit Union, uh, you know, Kenny Poynton's place, he's, they're going to donate to organizations that their members feel are important. And they continue to do that to this very day, um, as does, um, you know, Blackstone River Credit Union, all the credit unions that are around um, that are participating in the community, sponsoring Little League teams, buying pizza for uh, first responders, whatever the, the initiative is, helping farm at community gardens, donating to the, to the food pantries. This is the grassroots stuff that's really made credit unions um, a, 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 an important part of any community. And I think as we go forward, we need to continue to do those things. And as we do those things, they, of course, take resources, they take money, which means that, you know, do we have the same level of marketing dollars, for example, to invest in advertising campaigns and media campaigns? So where we can spend some of our money in, in, in supporting communities through donations and philanthropic activities, the Open Your Eyes campaign that the, the, the National Association is putting forth for us and, and, and launching here in Rhode Island gives us an opportunity to kind of piggyback on the credit union awareness messaging and the credit union consideration messaging. And I think that's the, the, the uniqueness of the program is they're not, we're not being asked to change who we are. We're just, you know, going to leverage the, the, the overall brand that credit unions are trying to create nationally. And we're talking with Tim Draper, Senior Vice President of Marketing at Navigant Credit Union. You know, the value of uh, any campaign, for example, let's say the Open Your Eyes campaign, is ultimately measured by the impact or the influence it will have on consumers. Uh, did it educate them, for example, or did it enhance their general understanding of what a credit union is and has to offer? What kind of expectations are, are you seeing coming from Open Your Eyes? Well, I would like to think that as we go through the program, it's going to take a little while to, to take root because a lot of the strategy is digital. Most of the strategy is digital that they're putting in place, which allows them to be nimble in terms of, you know, targeting dollars accordingly. Um, but what I'd like to see is I'd like to see an increase in the deposit base that credit unions across Rhode Island have. So, um, you know, where our starting point is as the program gets kicked off here, you know, are we moving the needle at all? In, in the next 6, 12, 18 months. Um, and that'll, you know, time will only tell on that. Um, the next thing I'd like to see is I'd like to see the frequency and the velocity that, that consumers are being served up the messaging um, around uh, open your eyes to a credit union. I'd like to see that continue to grow. So as consumers research online, um, banking choices, you know, checking accounts, loans, mortgages, whatever that might be, 
that um, we're building momentum on the credit union, uh, Open Your Eyes to a Credit Union campaign, um, and driving people to that yourmoneyfurther.org website, where people can learn more about credit unions, where they can um, you know, choose a credit union local to them uh, if they're looking for um, you know, sort of a, 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 a convenient uh, place to do their banking. So um, I, I think you're gonna, we're going to see after six months We'll do a review, I guess, and, and, and decide whether you know we're, we're, we're channeling our efforts in the right areas or do we need to pivot and do something slightly different. I like the approach at the moment. Um, I think it will be good for everybody because, as they say, the, a rising tide lifts all boats. I think all credit unions will benefit from the campaign. And Tim, finally, last word uh, to anyone listening right now, uh, whether they be in Rhode Island or Massachusetts or New Hampshire or Delaware, you know, whether, whatever their age is or financial background might be, if they are not doing their banking at a credit union, what, in your opinion, are they missing out on the most? I think that they're missing out, Walter, on a member on, a, on an experience on a customer experience. Right? I'll say that now because people who aren't members are just still customers. I think they're missing out on a customer experience that is unique um, to our business. Um, you know, you can't walk into just any financial institution and get the high touch um, personalized service that you can get at a credit union. And I, I just believe that to be true because I hear too many stories from people that I know who you know, continue to use um, the larger uh, national banks because they just think that they should, or that's what their parents did, um, and, and they, they, they just complain about every little interaction that they ever have. I, I think that I, I would love for the consumer who's even remotely thinking about making a change to just give us a chance. I say it in, my pers- in our personal advertising here at the Credit Union. You know, I'm not looking for everything you have in your banking relationship yet. I want you to try us. Give us a shot. I think you'll find that you're not going to have a better experience anywhere else. And that's, that's true of Navigant. It's true of all the credit unions in Rhode Island. Um, I, I would highly recommend anybody who's considering you know, a different financial relationship than they currently have, definitely consider a credit union. And definitely. The value is there, and credit unions do have something, I think, very unique and very special to bring. And listen, I think uh, folks that give it a try are going to be very pleasantly surprised. Don't you think so, Tim? I think so, Walter, and I can tell you that from experience of uh, anecdotal experience of people that I've, I've run across uh, over the past few years, for, uh, no doubt. There you go. Tim Draper, Senior Vice President of Marketing at Navigant Credit Union in Smithfield, Rhode Island. Tim, thanks for being with us today on Credit Union Roundtable. Thank you, Walter, and thanks to all your listeners. It's been a pleasure. Struggling to make ends meet because of COVID-19 layoffs and shutdowns? Credit unions have some guidance to offer. We'll hear all about it after this break. Stay with us. We'll be back to the Credit Union Roundtable after this. We're all doing our part to help prevent the spread of the coronavirus, like washing our hands, covering our cough or sneeze, and maintaining a safe social distance. Credit unions are doing their part, too. drive through teller stations, ATMs, debit and credit cards, and banking apps give members continuous access to their accounts and at the same time ensure everyone's safety. Like always, when times get tough, credit unions are there for you. We stand stronger together. 
Now, back to the Credit Union Roundtable with Walter Laskos. Are you finding it hard to put food on the table and to pay the bills because you lost your job and are struggling to make ends meet? Well, here's Isaiah to help us get some answers. Isaiah? Thank you so much, Walter. I'm pleased to be talking now on Credit Union Roundtable with Maria Porto. She is the Assistant Vice President, Partner Relations at Hanscom Federal Credit Union. Maria, thanks so much for joining us on Credit Union Roundtable today. Hello, everyone. Thank you for having me. Well, the reason we wanted to talk to you today, Maria, I mean, COVID-19 and this lockdown we've been dealing with since it feels like an eternity right now, but I'd say late March, you know, late February, early March, you know, there is a lot happening in this world right now where people are worried about money. There is so much going on. And I want to ask a few questions about that, but I, I really want to talk to you first about, tell me a little bit about yourself. You're the assistant vice president of partner relations at Hanscom Federal Credit Union. Tell me about yourself, Maria. What is it you do over there? Yeah, so uh, our team uh, provides free financial wellness programs to over 400 companies and federal agencies. Uh, when the pandemic economic effects first hit us in March, Hanscom Federal Credit Union announced several initiatives designed to ease the financial burdens of our members. So we quickly pivoted and changed our Lunch and Learn series to a series of uh, virtual events and webinars on demand, depending on what our partnering companies needed for their employees. So that's really what we do. We do financial education and wellness. You know, all the credit unions that we work with, I mean, that it's really a, it's a common thread. You know, credit unions are always there for community, always there for their members. We'll do whatever it takes to, to help during any times, COVID or otherwise, with COVID-19 rolling in and just changing the landscape so, so dramatically. You know, right now, people are talking about being laid off struggling to make ends meet, put food on the table, pay their rent or mortgage. You know, with that being said, Maria, we're talking with Maria Porto, the Assistant Vice President of Partner Relations at Hanscom Federal Credit Union. Talk to me about what is happening at Hanscom, and if people need your help there during these tough times, can they come to you, and and what can you help them with? Yes, definitely. They can come to us if they're members or non-members. We're there always to help. Uh, during this time, we did set up a few programs. Uh, we provided a lifeline loan program, which gave members a loan up to $5,000 in interest-free for the first 60 days. So this was established really to uh, help our members who were impacted by job reduction or income loss or uh, maybe their hours were reduced um, or even temporary layoffs due to the pandemic. Uh, pandemic. Uh, the credit union also modified their skip a payment loan by waiving the $25 um, for qualified members. Um, this program allowed to skip a payment on um, auto loans, personal loans. So members were able to skip a payment um, without any, any fees. Uh, HFCU also instituted the mortgage forbearance program. We quickly pivoted and um, wanted to do this for our members. So members who had first and second mortgage uh, including home equities and lines of credit, um, would ask for mortgage forbearances, and we worked with our members in, in, uh, with them on that. Uh, so during the pandemic, many financial institutions actually struggled uh, throughout the rollout of the Small Business Administration uh, Payment Protection Program, but we did very well. We were able to process many, many loans for our business members um, and do it quickly and efficiently. 
Yeah. If you're just tuning in across a wide variety of radio stations or podcasts, this is the Credit Union Roundtable, and we're talking with Maria Porto. She is the Assistant Vice President of Partner Relations at Hanscom Federal Credit Union, and we're talking about during COVID times how people manage their money, how people get through this, what uh, institutions like Hanscom Federal Credit Union are doing to provide that assistance. I mean, it really is a time now where people are, 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 are check to check, or, or it's, it's uh, you know, am I getting money from the government? Where is the money coming from? So let me ask specifically about mm-hmm. balances on people's credit cards. Should we be running up the balances on our credit cards? But if I have to, I have to. If I have to put food on the table, I have to. Is, is this a good idea for people to be doing, or are there other ways you think I could put money in my pocket to put food on the table and, and pay my rent or mortgage? Yeah, so some of the steps you should probably take to protect your money during this time is to look at your budget, rework it, and try to trim your bills. Uh, now is really the time to look closely at your income and your expenses. Um, you really need to run the numbers, identify any gaps that may need to be filled. Look at ways to cut back. Um, you know, even though you may be home and you're not spending on transportation, but your grocery bill may be higher because now you're cooking more at home. So you have to figure out a way on how to trim your bills. So how I, uh, how I would do that would be um, start with making a list with upcoming large expenses and consider, considering if there are any other purchases that can be postponed. So you have to look at your wants and your needs, um, figuring out the money coming in and the money going out. Uh, first step is really contact your utility providers. Find out if they can um, skip a payment, if they have a skip a payment program. Uh, maybe consider downsizing or dropping the features you have on your TV or phone or Internet. Um, look at that. Um, so those are some of the things that you want to do uh, initially is try to cut back on some of your expenses. It's always a good idea to do that anyway. I think I feel like my wife and I did that prior to this, but certainly now you, you, you've got time at home. You have time to sit with the family and, and, and do just that. I mean, do we need to be paying $200 in a cable bill? Do you really need to pay that amount of money to have a phone? And scaling back is, it's, it's a good hitting the reset button, and it's, it's probably not a good idea to rack up the, uh, the amount of money we spend on our credit cards, but really focus on the outgoing money and keeping it down. That's, that's great advice. Talking with Maria Porto, she is the assistant Vice President, Partner Relations at Hanscom Federal Credit Union. She's joining us on Credit Union Roundtable today, and we're talking about just how to manage money these days especially. Where do we pull money from? You know, we can't rely on the government for everything. We can rely on the government for some things, but, you know, we need to take charge of our own lives, and we need to also be able to turn to to trusted uh, financial institutions, and that's what credit unions are, Maria. That's that's what we've been. That's, that's the backbone of what credit unions are. You know, if people are at their wit's end, if people really just need something, I mean, I, I feel comfortable, and I'm a member of Hanscom myself, I could pick up the phone and come down or virtually call you and, and, and you would help us in our time of need. I mean, that, that's exactly what you do. That's your job, right? You're here to help us. Definitely. Definitely. We're, we try to do our best and do as much as we can for our members. Talk about tapping funds in one's retirement savings or 401k. Yay or nay? Oh, you, uh, I, would, I would tread carefully on that one. So before you're touching your retirement savings, really, really think about it. It can be tempting to withdraw from your 401k um, during the financial crisis, but really, this can be costly, a costly decision. If you're, it also depends on your age. So if you're 55 or older and you lose your job, 
Um, you can withdraw for, from your 401k without paying the 10% penalty, but if you're, it, but your withdrawals will be subject to income tax. So you have to keep that in mind and keep in mind that some states may reduce your amount of unemployment com compensation because of your 401k withdrawals. So you'll have to check with your state's Department of Labor first. Now, if you're under 55 and decide to take money out of your 401k, you will have to pay both income tax and the 10% penalty. So you'll also be losing the benefit of a tax-free savings over time by pulling your money out. So you really, really have to look at it and think carefully before making that decision. Honestly, I always tell our members, I always advise to talk to a financial planner or a credit counselor. They can help you set up a budget, whittle down some of your spending, um, and maybe give you some advice on that. Uh, at HFCU, we do have financial advisors, so please feel free to reach out and give us a call. We'd be happy to help during this time. You're listening to Credit Union Roundtable, and we're talking to Maria Porto, the Assistant Vice President of Partner Relations at Hanscom Federal Credit Union. And money is the conversation. You know, we, we use this roundtable show to talk about anything and everything credit union related throughout the four states, uh, Delaware, New Hampshire, Massachusetts, and Rhode Island, where the Cooperative Credit Union Association uh, represents you know, talking about unemployment checks, Maria, when unemployment checks stop, okay, and the first eviction notice hits my mailbox, you know, is it realistic to think that we can still avert a financial crisis in the family? I know. It's really scary. But the first thing you got to do is really get a clear picture. I think I've mentioned this before. Um, you really need to figure out the money coming in and the money going out. As scary and painful as this may be, you really need to know. Um, I know that some people just don't budget because they're scared to do it, but you really, really need to find out, um, what's going on, what's coming in. And that could be as simple as doing an Excel spreadsheet or even just writing it down in a notebook. You want to really cut out any non-essential reoccurring payments and spending. So for example, if you're going out to eat at least once a week or ordering out, maybe think about not doing that. Um, if you maybe, you know, there are assets that you may be able to sell. If your um, basement is full of stuff, maybe it's the time to have a garage sale to get some extra income in there. Um, you want to make sure that you create a budget. And if, you, if you're having a hard time with that, HSU does provide a free money management planner on a website, so feel free to use it. And in addition to that, if you were able to set up an emergency fund, now is probably the time to dip into that. Um, I've spoken to some of our members who have a really hard time because they say they're saving it for a rainy day. Well, maybe today is the rainy day. So um, you have to use it. If, if you set up an emergency fund, now is the time to use it. This is temporary. That's what we have to think. We have to think positive. It's temporary. We have to do what we can right now, and then we'll, we'll get through it. That's all we have to do is we'll get through it and make sure that you reach out to your uh, credit union. Um, they're always there to help. And make sure you ask for help as soon as you need it. Don't go too long without asking for help. So if you're at a point where you can't make your mortgage payment or pay on your credit card, contact your creditors. Don't do it when you're late a couple of months. Do it before you become late. And especially with the utility companies, um, they have hardship plans. So make sure you contact them. Um, and they have plans, but it don't, you will only qualify for those plans if you're not late already. So make sure you communicate. It's very important. And not only communicate with your creditors and your utility companies, 
but with your family. If you have other people living with you, you want to make sure that you communicate what is happening, what the budget is. Sometimes what you think is what you can spend and is in your budget, maybe others in your family, um, you know, don't, don't realize that they can't spend as much. So communication is very important at this time. This is great information. You're listening to Credit Union Roundtable, and today our guest is Maria Porto. She is the Assistant Vice President of Partner Relations at Hanscom Federal Credit Union. Uh, Maria, first of all, thank you so much for coming on the show, but how can people get a hold of you? How can people get a hold of you and talk about a partnership with Hanscom Federal Credit Union? I can tell you my wife and I uh, do business with Hanscom. It's a fabulous organization. You folks have been great to us. We know, my wife and I know, that if we need things, we can pick up the phone and call. How do people get a hold of you, Maria, or your team over at Hanscom Federal Credit Union? Oh, well, thank you for that, and I appreciate being here today as well. Um, feel free to call me. You can email me or call me. My um, phone number is 781 698 2093. My email is mporto at Again, if I can't answer a question or help you, I will forward you to the correct person. Um, but, you know, my, uh, my phone and my email are always open, as they say. You know, your house is always open. Well, my, uh, my email and phone are always open. So, again, you can reach out to me at 781-698-2093 or mporto at hsu.org. And if you're an employer or an employee that wants uh, to provide a free financial wellness program to your company, I'd be happy to chat about that, too. So, again, anytime. I love it, Maria. Thank you so much, Maria Porto, the Assistant Vice President of Partner Relations at Hanscom Federal Credit Union. I wish you the best. Stay happy. Stay healthy during this time. And uh, we really, really appreciate you coming on Credit Union Roundtable, Maria. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much. Excellent. Walter, we're going to send it back to you. New Hampshire Credit Unions recently crossed a big contribution milestone. We will hear all about it when we come back. This is Credit Union Roundtable. We'll be back to the Credit Union Roundtable after this. Learn more about credit unions anytime at bettervaluesbetterbanking.com. Now, back to the show. Credit unions throughout New Hampshire are known to not only impress their members with the level of service they provide, but also impress those community leaders for the level of their generous support. And this is particularly true in the case of Make-A-Wish, New Hampshire. Joining me now is Julie Barron, President and CEO of Make-A-Wish, New Hampshire, and Brian Hughes, President and CEO of HRCU Credit Union and Chairman of the New Hampshire Credit Union Social Responsibility Committee. Brian, let's start with you. A very important event recently took place, uh, capping a milestone for New Hampshire credit unions and their relationship to Make-A-Wish New Hampshire. Tell us all about that special event. Yeah, Walter, happy to do that. And uh, nice to be with you and Julie this morning. Um, Yeah, we were really excited to be able to uh, present Make-A-Wish with a check presentation this year. And um, although uh, our typical fundraising for the uh, New Hampshire Credit Unions obviously took a um, took a little turn due to some of the change uh, challenges we've had, uh, we were still able to pull together a uh, very sizable donation for Make a Wish this year. Uh, and that donation actually brought us to a milestone. 
So the donation we made this year was $125,000, and that donation was on behalf of all of the all, the, all of the New Hampshire credit unions and their members, because a lot of the members are involved in raising money um, for Make-A-Wish through, through each, each credit union. And that total, uh, with that $125,000 over the 24-year history of New Hampshire credit unions being involved with Make-A-Wish, now exceeds $3 million. And it was a, uh, it's a tremendous milestone. It was something that we, we were very uh, uh, happy to reach. And there was a lot of excitement with the committee, a lot of excitement with the credit unions. Uh, a number of, of events took place. Uh, even this year, we've, we had uh, events. Uh, we had an auction back, um, back on the holidays. We sold our, our uh, calendars, uh, which is a very popular um, uh, thing, thing that all the credit unions do. And actually, we sold out this year of our calendars. So um, we, did, we still did quite a bit. Uh, typically, uh, this presentation would be done at our golf tournament held in June. Uh, but there was no golf tournament this year, but the next best thing was to do a virtual check presentation with Julie, and we had all of the credit unions uh, in, involved with it uh, through, the, um, through the Zoom um, platform, and it really worked out great. Uh, we were really, really excited to do that, so, um, so it, was, it, was, you know, it was a big year for us. That really was, Brian. I mean, absolutely a big milestone when you think about it. Uh, because now, how many years? It, it, it's been, it's a number of years, right, that the New Hampshire credit unions have been supporting Make-A-Wish? That's right, Walter. Uh, we're up to 24 years now. There you go. So when you think of that, yeah, that's a, a loyal a loyal commitment. And, and when you think of that kind of commitment and, you know, topping $3 million, that's something certainly to be very proud about. And just as a side note, um, if you go on to uh, YouTube and you do a search for New Hampshire credit unions and Make-A-Wish New Hampshire, there is a, a live or I should say a recorded video of that live presentation event uh, that that took place when the credit unions topped the three million dollar mark in donations. And we're talking with Brian Hughes, chairman of the Social Responsibility Committee for the Credit Unions of New Hampshire and Julie Barron, president and CEO of Make-A-Wish New Hampshire. And Julie, as president and CEO of Make-A-Wish New Hampshire, uh, tell us about the work that your organization does, the kinds of wishes you grant and the, and the contribution that New Hampshire credit unions have in making those wishes come true? I would love to. Uh, we have been so excited over the years to be partners with the credit unions. They have done an extraordinary job of sharing our mission, working with us, uh, helping us grant wishes to children who are facing life-threatening medical conditions, uh, and really helping us provide that hope for the future, the strength to fight a really tough battle, so much joy, but really what a wish does for a child is it gives them that transformational experience that they need and the tools that they need to really fight their illness. And that's what we do together. It's an amazing team with the credit unions. Yep, and I'm sure that the credit unions of New Hampshire, through their uh, ongoing support and commitment and loyalty, um, have really made a, a tremendous impact on the work that you're doing and the kinds of wishes that that you're able to grant for the for the children. 
Yeah, so each year we're uh, able to grant more and more wishes. You know, I remember back, you know, 15, 20 years ago, uh, granting maybe 30 wishes a year. Now we're at a pace where we're granting a wish every four days. Wow. We're actually working on 12, I know, well, we're working on 12 wishes um, that we're bringing to life uh, right now. Um, because um, the the world that we're living in today, uh, we've had to postpone um, our travel wishes, but we have so many children that wish to have something um, or maybe virtually meet someone or be something. And those are the type of wishes that we can uh, bring to life right here in New Hampshire. I would imagine that now within a, a COVID-19 environment, it must be really challenging when, when you're trying to grant wishes. How has that impacted your work? Um, well, we've um, really pivoted as an organization and focusing in on those uh, wishes to have. You know, if there are children who would like to go somewhere um, and they are able to wait, um, then we're, you know, we're letting them wait. And when we're able to travel again, we will, of course, grant their wishes. But so many kids and so many of the wishes that we normally would grant are wishes to have. So right now, uh, yesterday, we just finished with uh, Isaiah's Treehouse. Uh, Matthew got a four-wheeler last week. Um, Abel's pool just went in recently. Um, Bennett um, had an electronics wish. And so we gave him a whole room full of equipment that uh, he's enjoying. And Brooks and Solomon both wished for campers. And, um, oh, my gosh, seeing their faces um, just... Uh, a couple of uh, days ago, seeing um, uh, Solomon's face as, you know, he came, we had the, the camper all situated um, and him coming up and running and the smile on his face and the excitement. And he's running around and he's looking at the different things that are, you know, in front of him and people are trying to end different guests. And then there was that moment where he realized that the camper in front of him was his. And it was, um, it, it was just an, you know, unbelievable experience that um, I wish I could share uh, with all of our listeners and all of you so that you could feel that moment when magic happened. Oh, I, and you know, that I, child was given something. I could imagine, Julie, I mean, I could just see so many, so many smiling, happy faces, uh, you know, and it's so much of that is, you know, through the work, obviously, you're doing and through the support and financial funding that comes from the credit unions of New Hampshire. And we're talking with Julie Barron, president and CEO of Make-A-Wish New Hampshire, and Brian Hughes, chairman of the Social Responsibility Committee for the Credit Unions of New Hampshire. Uh, Brian is also president and CEO of HRCU Credit Union in Rochester, New Hampshire. Brian, obviously the credit unions are playing an important role uh, for Make-A-Wish New Hampshire and all the children. What impact does that have on you personally and, and perhaps as a, as a representative of all the other credit unions across New Hampshire? Well, Walter, uh, I think Julie uh, kind of hit, hit the nail on the head when she talked about seeing the kids have a wish and just how it changes their life. 
and and so many of us in the credit unions and on the uh, in the on the committee have uh, have experienced with the kids those wishes coming true, and it's just it's a it's an amazing thing to see. Um, we we just we just get so inspired by by seeing uh, the work that we can do to to raise money through this, and we actually have fun doing it too because it's. You know, it's a real collaboration of all the credit unions in New Hampshire. Every credit union in New Hampshire is involved with this effort, and, and, ha- and we have been for all these years. So the collaboration part really makes it fun to, to work together on this. But the bottom line is when we're able to uh, hear stories uh, like Julie's talking about, of just of these, these recent wishes, it, it just... Um, it just inspires all of us to want to do more. And, and I know um, uh, Julie has a, a goal of granting a wish for every new, every child in New Hampshire who, who wants a wish. And uh, it's a, a lofty goal, but you know, we're, we're there to try to help, help get there. And I'll I'll say this, that from what I hear, Brian, and the credit unions of New Hampshire, all of them are committed to try and make as many of those wishes come true for Make-A-Wish New Hampshire for all the kids, right? We sure are. We sure are. There you go. And Julie, as we kind of wrap up, Julie, tell us where where can our listeners go to get more information about Make-A-Wish New Hampshire? Um, they can uh, jump right on and go to our website, which is nh.wish.org. Um, they can go to any credit union website. Because I know they have uh, information uh, about us on there. Um, they can go to our Facebook page, our Instagram. Um, we have a YouTube channel um, as well. And there are some different wish stories and things up there. They can give us a call in the office, which is 623-9474. And uh, we'd be happy to connect them in any way. Wonderful. I also know that if someone goes to bettervaluesbetterbanking.com, there is a page on there for New Hampshire credit unions, and there's links to uh, Make-A-Wish New Hampshire and all kind of information that that supports uh, the whole story of the commitment of the credit unions of New Hampshire, uh, their commitment to the Make-A-Wish children and to Make-A-Wish and making all those dreams come true. Julie Barron, President and CEO of Make-A-Wish New Hampshire, Brian Hughes, Chairman of the Social Responsibility Committee uh, for the Credit Unions of New Hampshire and also President of uh, and CEO of HRCU Credit Union, Union in Rochester. Thank you so much for, for sharing this good news today uh, about Make-A-Wish and the Credit Unions of New Hampshire. Thanks for being with us. Thank you. Thank you, Walter. And that's a wrap for the August 2020 edition of Credit Union Roundtable. On behalf of all the credit unions in Delaware, Massachusetts, New Hampshire, and Rhode Island, I'm Walt Laskos. Thanks for joining us. This concludes the Credit Union Roundtable on the Better Values, Better Banking Media Network. For more information about local credit unions in your state, visit bettervaluesbetterbanking.com. That's bettervaluesbetterbanking.com.